What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glock 9 Show. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys really enjoy. I got a lot of good reviews from you guys from the last episode where we were talking about Elon Musk and buying Twitter and like what his plans are. Uh, I guess a lot of you guys actually didn't know the whole Neuralink story. If you guys missed the episode, make sure you guys go back to the previous episode. It's called Twitter Meltdown. A lot, again, a lot of great reviews on it. I was not expecting as many messages and emails that I got, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, there is one thing I wanted to talk about, though, uh, regarding that. The main topic of this show, uh, I, I had a the scariest moment of my life as a parent happened at an Oakland A's game, a baseball game with my kids. Um, and we'll get into that in a second, uh, you know, but... On the last episode, we were uh, we were talking about the Twitter meltdown. We we're talking about free speech and what Elon Musk um, uh, wants to do with free speech on the platform. Now that he is going to be the owner of Twitter, now we were talking about what is free speech and what his um, views on it were. And he he basically said anything that's not against the law is considered free speech. So there's something I want. You know, I got an email from one one individual. I don't know who they are. Basically saying it is illegal to call somebody a racial slur. So you shouldn't be allowed to use it. Um, I made the point that you technically would be able to because it, it may be the wrong opinion, but it's still an opinion. Uh, there's difference between uh, instigating a fight or harassment, this and that, compared to like if you just like, you know, if, if you just say the word for whatever reason, it's not technically against the law. You wouldn't be arrested for it. So there actually is a page on here. Um, you know, it's, it's talking about... Um, what kind of goes into what is the legal ramifications of racism now i shouldn't have to say this but i make sure i i have i kind of have to say this racism in any form or fashion doesn't matter what it is is wrong no one should agree with it and if you hear it you should speak up against it or whoever is saying it but again just because you don't like the person's opinion or their viewpoints doesn't doesn't mean it's illegal so um, there, there's an article written here, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, almost never, although modern progressive types may be surprised to learn that attempts to ban such, quote, hate speech goes back to at least the 1940s. In 1969, in Brandenburg versus Ohio, the, uh, the SCOTUS ruled that, quote, the constitutional guarantees of free speech and free press do not permit a state to forbid or uh, prescribe uh, advocacy of the use of force or of law violation except where such advocacy uh, is directed to incite imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. That's a high bar. I realize that the concept that speech is not violence and that my liberty to express myself is more important than your wounded self-esteem may be annoying to some people, but there, there you have it. Please remember that the United States was designed to be a free country, not a nice country. You may have confused the U.S. with Canada uh, when obviously this is an old article after what's been going on with Canada lately. But um, so when people are saying like you can be arrested for saying it, it's not for saying the word. So let's say you're having an argument with somebody, right? And you go to walk away. You, you go to walk away and you call the person a racial slur. Doesn't matter what their race is. You call them a racial slur. Nothing's going to happen. But now if you're sitting there harassing somebody, constantly calling them racist names or um, and this is, you know, in person, you can be arrested for disorderly conduct. You can be arrested for um, intimidation, and harassment, uh, depending on what the extent of what you're doing is. And that's basically what I was saying. Now, there comes to a point where obviously if you're being if you're harassing somebody, which is not 
uh, doesn't fall under free speech, um, you know, it's, it's a big difference between saying something, an opinion, and then harassing somebody. As there's a big, um, a big, a big, huge difference. So it says right here, the, the crime of disorderly conduct is also known as, quote, disturbing the peace. It's, it's governed by, uh, this is California, by the way, but most states have the same rules. California Penal Code 647. Disorderly conduct is a crime that involves public activity or behavior that's offensive or disruptive and interrupts other people's ability to enjoy a public space. Again, this falls, this falls under being in front of somebody, being in a public, again, public space. Uh, on the internet, it's a little different, you know. Uh, you got to understand the difference between um, harassment and someone saying something you don't like. So, again, I don't I don't uh, I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, we should all be allowed to, you know, spur racial racial slurs. But at the same time, if you're going to have a platform that is, again, quote, free speech, unless it's against the law. There are certain things that, yes, you can and can't say, but there are things that you can say. And unfortunately, 99.9% of people won't like it. So that's just me answering that so in again it all depends on how the word was used depends on what you know you were doing while using the word um it, there's a whole bunch of different things to go into but if you just walk down the street and you say the word nothing's going to happen to you nothing they can do to you it's not illegal to, it's not illegal to say the word so um anywho we're getting to the point of this podcast okay number one i made a comment in my discord about i experienced um I experienced, uh, what was it, uh, a parent's worst nightmare. And a couple of you guys commented back or, or DM me because obviously, obviously probably the, you know, the worst parent experience would be if your kid were to pass away. Okay, we all know that. That obviously would be the worst. I should have said one of the worst, not the worst. Oh, no, I did. I put, I experienced a a parent's worst nightmare, not the parent's worst nightmare. Grammar, I'm sorry. I should have said one of. But uh, so let me give you a little backstory before I explain what happened. So anyone that knows me, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a huge MMA fan, any kind of combat sports. Uh, everyone knows I'm a big New Orleans Saints football fan, but people don't realize that my favorite sport, uh, especially going to live, is I love baseball. I've been, I played baseball for many years growing up all the way to high school. I got to practice with some college teams. I even coached high school baseball for a couple of years. I love baseball to death. Um, I may not be as animated while I'm watching it, but I've been to so many Oakland athletics games um, in, my, in my life. It's always been like a tradition of mine, like every single year to go to the home opener, at least if I can't make any other games, but go to the, the, the home opening game. Uh, and I took my son to the home opener a couple of weeks ago. My son's playing baseball. He really enjoys it. I, I love seeing him enjoy it. And when I took him, it was just me and him uh, went to the home opener. And this kid was into every single pitch. The kid was, you know, swinging his rally towel. He was having a great time. The A's ended up winning. He loved it, man. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, I mean, as a parent, it, it was one. I mean, I would say. Uh, I did say this on Instagram. It was one of the highlights of my life being a parent. I I mean, it, it it was so great to see my son having a good time and enjoying it and asking questions and, you know, what have you. Like, it was just, it was an awesome experience as a parent. Now, I have four children. My son is my oldest. My oldest daughter, who is five, wanted she wanted to go to a game. Now, I know darn right well. She can't even watch her brother's Little League games. She's not going to watch a major league game. She wants to go just to go. 
But there was a game coming up. It was a Star Wars drone night, right? Usually they do fireworks or whatever, but now they're doing this thing with drones, which, by the way, is absolutely awesome. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I ended up taking my daughter and my son to an A's game about a week and a half later. It was a Friday night. And uh, so uh, we go in. Obviously, my daughter forgets her uh, sweatshirt. She forgets her sweatshirt. And I have, you know, if you guys have ever been to an Oakland A's game, it gets cold. It's right on the bay. Uh, the winds come in around seven, eight o'clock, and it's cold. So here I had to go fork up, you know, fifty dollars for a sweatshirt. But at the same time, I can't buy her a sweatshirt because she she forgot hers. Even though when I handed it to her at the at the house, she still forgot it. I have to buy my son one now too, you know. So here I am forking over a hundred dollars for two sweatshirts. Absolutely insane. Kit, crushed me because I, I don't like buying merchandise at the game because it's so it's so you know overpriced. But anyways, so we go in, we get them sweatshirts, we go and get food. That's all my daughter wanted, right? She just wanted to, she just wanted to eat. So we go and get some hot dogs and you know, uh, get some waters and go up to our seats and we and they start watching the game. As soon as my daughter is done with her food, she can't stop fidgeting. She can't stop moving. She's not watching the game. My son's into it, man. He's sitting there. He's trying to get on the Megatron. He's having a great time. He's watching the game. Great back and forth game. We got to see, you know, how rare it is to see a Grand Slam live. Unfortunately, it was the wrong team. It wasn't the A's. It was the other team that hit a, a Grand Slam, and you know, then the A's came back. It was it was an amazing game. But in the sixth inning, I decided, hey, let's get up and walk around a little bit. We still have like three more innings. Uh, and then we have the drone show afterwards. Let's go use the bathroom now, so you guys don't have to go later. So we get up, we walk down to the concourse. I'm sorry, I'm trying to give you guys a whole backstory of what happened. So you, just, you sit tight, the crazy part's coming. And so we're walking, I, I basically take them on a full on lap around the stadium. We look for food, like for, um, you know, they wanted candy or whatever. So we stopped, got them some candy, and then went to the bathroom, went back to our seats. As soon as the ninth inning's over, the A's lose by one run. Uh, you know, the guy strikes out, boom. All right, now we got like 25, 30 minutes before the drone show. Um, you know, let's just sit tight. And I'm telling him, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be over the left field uh, Megatron. And all of a sudden, my daughter looks at me and says, I need to go potty. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? I just took you like three innings ago. And she goes, I, I have to go. I asked her, can you hold it? She goes, I have to go really bad. All right, well, let's get up and go to the bathroom. So we go down. Uh, we go, we go, we go down to the, where the, ba the bathrooms are and, you know, which is really, if you guys have ever been to any kind of live event, I've been to so many concerts and baseball games and football games, basketball games. It's always the women's bathroom that is super crowded for whatever reason. Uh, the men's bathroom, you can walk right now. I don't know how many events me and my wife have been to. And I walk right in the bathroom, use the bathroom, wash my hands, come back out. And I see my wife still in line. Right. Well, this was different. For some reason, probably because all the guys are drinking beer or something, um, there was a huge long line outside of the men's bathroom. And I was like, all right, well, let's go wait in line. And my daughter's standing next to the women's bathroom. And she goes, I'm just going to use this bathroom. I'm like, no, I'm not going in the women's bathroom. I'm not going in the women's bathroom. Let's go wait in this line. Um, now, if you know my daughter, if you know, I know some of you guys have met my oldest daughter. Um, she is literally like Miss Independent. She is, I can do it myself. I'm, I'm a grown person. I don't need your help. 
Uh, that's just how she is. So she's arguing with me on the concourse, like on the little concourse. Um, and mind you, because there's a show happening, um, uh, everyone's trying to get onto the field for the show. It's not that crowded on the concourse like it usually would be after a game. But she ends up, you know, sitting there arguing with me. I'm like, no, I'm not going in there with you, so you're not going. And then she starts crying, holding holding her crotch, and she's like, I'm going to pee my pants. I'm going to pee my pants. And I know she's telling the truth. So I look at the bathroom. Normally, these bathrooms, um, you, ha you, you have on the right side, you have an entrance. On the left side, you have an exit. This is a rare bathroom where literally the, the doorway you walk in is the same way you walk out. There's only one way in and out. So I, I was like, I, I was like, Adeline, go in there, use the bathroom, come back out. I'll be right here. I'm standing like in front of the women's bathroom, like kind of like a weirdo, to be honest with you. And I was like, just go in there, use the bathroom, come right back out. I, I, I didn't like it. I, I absolutely hated the fact that she was going to go in the bathroom by herself. Um, she's only five years old. 99 times out of 100, I would never let it happen. But she was really about to pee her pants. So as she's walking in, my buddy texts me, who I haven't seen in a while. And he's, he's, he's like, hey, where are you? I said, we're outside section 120 women's bathroom. My, my daughter's in the bathroom. So me and my son are standing there waiting for her. As my friend walks up, he says hi. And he goes, what are you doing? I was like, I was waiting for my daughter. And I was like, she's actually, she's actually been there for a couple of minutes. It's only been like three or four minutes at the time. And I'm like, but I, I know that's longer than she needs. Right. So I tell my son, Hey, you know what? You go in there and go get her. So he walks, he walks in the girl's bathroom and he walks right back out and goes, she's not in there. And what do you mean? She's not in there. Like go in there and yell her name. So in my mind, I'm thinking, crap, she actually peed her pants and now she's embarrassed and she's hiding in the bathroom. That's my first initial thought, okay? Well, he comes back out. I can hear him in the bathroom yelling her name. He comes back out, and she's not with him. And that's when, like, my, my, my heart sank. I was like, hold on a second. And he, my, my son, like, already had concern on his face. And he's like, she's not in there. I was like, what do you mean she's not in there? So I told him to stay with my friend. Do not move from the spot. I said, screw it. I'm going in the girl's bathroom. So I march in the girl's bathroom. I get all these dirty looks. Oh my gosh. These women were pissed I was in there. And I was like, I start yelling her name, Adeline, Adeline. I'm, and I, I, I'm looking under the stalls at, the, at people's shoes, trying to find her. I know what shoes she's wearing. Uh, she had like these pink shoes on. So I'm trying to find these shoes. I'm like, dude, where, where is she? She's not in there. Like, she's not in there. And when I say it's one of the worst experiences a parent can have is losing a child, uh, like not dying but like you know she's not where she's supposed to be it's like oh my god like now i'm scared like i'm like dude where's my daughter and, and and like you know it's my oldest daughter is like my little mini me it's like it's like i don't have i we like to joke that i have favorites but like my daughter is like my best friend and like she we, we have such good personalities where it's like i'm i'm like dude i'm i'm tripping where is my daughter and so I come walking out of the bathroom. My son is crying uncontrollably because he realizes something's wrong. And not only did he realize something was wrong because I sent him in there to get her and he didn't get her. He actually was blaming himself. Like he did something wrong. So now I'm trying to console him and calm him down while trying to figure out where is my daughter? Like, where did she go? 
So I look up as I'm, I'm, I'm like down on one knee talking to my son and I'm trying to calm him down while I'm looking, I'm scanning around, seeing if she's like just standing there looking around. And then I see a police officer. I walk right up to the police officer. And I say, I have a missing child. My daughter went in the bathroom. I never saw her come out. Um, he asked for her picture. She, he took a picture of my phone, sent it out. Um, the way, so, cause I have friends who are, um, County sheriffs over there who work these games. If you report to a cop, you have a missing child. They take a picture of your child and they can send out in one text message or whatever they use to every other police officer working that stadium. So he sent it. He told me he sent it to like 48 other officers. And then he radios in. The radio is connected to all the other officers and the security for the stadium that who actually work for the stadium. He radios it in and says, uh, and says, we have a missing girl. She's five years old. She's blonde. I sent a picture out to the officers. Uh, I have the father here. And as soon as he lets out that radio call, he gets an immediate call back and says, we have her. She's over here on the concourse in section 111. Now, do you remember what section I told you we were in? We were in section 120. Nine sections is a long walk, dude. So as soon as I heard, I heard he the cop didn't even tell me. I heard it on his radio. I heard them say she's in section 111. I grabbed my buddy who I haven't seen in like three or four years. And this is what he's like. He all, all we said was high so far. I grab him by his shirt. I grab my son by his shirt. And we start sprinting down to section 111. And I'm like, I pray to God that it's my daughter and not, they're not mistaking her for somebody else's daughter. And now I'm running away from the spot that she's actually at. So I go running as fast as I ever ran in my entire life. And I can see from a distance, there she is on the concourse with a police officer, two security guards and, and an event staff. And I just run up to her and I grab her. She's crying uncontrollably. And it, it was like, I, part of me is embarrassed, you know, like it's, it's an embarrassing thing. Like, yeah, you lost a kid technically. Right. Especially on something I would never like, especially something that I, I would never let happen. Right. And it's like, I knew in the beginning, I knew she shouldn't have gone by herself. You know, and, and I talked to like my dad, my wife and stuff like that about the whole situation. Everyone's like, you know, it's an honest mistake. Yeah, it's an honest mistake. But my daughter was was crying so much because she she also thought that she was in trouble. Now, no, she wasn't in trouble whatsoever. Like it, it was it was an eye opener. That's for sure. It, it was an eye opener, Um, you know, for her and my son. Because they were both, we were both standing there. They were both crying. I was talking to the police officer, thanking, but thanking them. Basically, what happened was when I when I got a chance to sit down uh, and talk to my daughter afterwards. So, um, well, first when I got to her, I thanked the officer. I thanked the other two. They actually made me wait until they talked to the original officer I talked to, so they can confirm my identity, which is awesome. To make sure I'm not just some random person coming up and claiming the child, which is a great job by them. Uh, he confirmed what I was wearing, who I was, all this other stuff. And then we were able to go watch the drone show. I grabbed both my kids' hands. We went back up to our seats and we we sat down. They were still, you could tell that they were like, they were freaked out. They were, they were scared. They were like, that, that was the, probably one of the crazy experiences that they had, right? 
Um, the drone show goes off. And by the way, if you guys have never seen a, a, a light show, drone show, it's absolutely amazing. They were able to put like Darth Vader up there, light his lightsaber up, and they were moving. They had Baby Yoda up there using the force and the little ball. It's really cool, you know? So it really lightened up the mood after that. They were, they were like really, they were having fun. Uh, they were laughing again. But then we ended up walking to the car, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I always hold their hands, but making sure I have a tight grip on their hands. We get to the car, I get them in the car, and I just take a deep breath. And I'm just like, dude, th this is th this has been probably like as many A's games as I've been to, as many events that I've been to, even as a kid, that was probably the worst experience I've ever had. And so I actually when I got to my daughter, um, my buddy had to go, so we barely got to talk. Um, and even though he did tell me, I just gave him like free birth control because now he really doesn't ever want to have kids. I mean, I mean, seriously, this guy, I haven't talked to this guy in a couple of years. We, we, we kind of went separate ways in different lives and, um, you know, he knows I'm all about my kids and all about my family and you, you could, you could see the fear and like the, he, even he was like nervous and scared. Like it, it, it was, it was a horrible situation, but when she walked in the bathroom and I got I got a text message from him as she was walking in the bathroom, I looked at the timestamp on the text message and then I looked at the time that we got back to our seats. It was 11 minutes. So it was anywhere between seven to nine minutes that she was technically missing. That seven to nine minutes felt like hours. Like I was having, like I'm usually very calm, cool and collected under, under, various like i've been under a lot of pressure in certain situations i stay and i remain very calm i was i was shaking my mouth was getting dry um by far the worst experience of my life thinking i lost my little girl like seriously like not knowing where she was and then knowing her personality to where uh, she's a pretty shy girl I was afraid that she was hiding somewhere and we weren't going to find her anytime soon. And then there, there's many things. So first, uh, let's, I'll, I'll tell you guys what happened the, at the car. So we got to the car, got them in the car, took a deep breath. And then I got in the car and I, I, I we just sat there. Usually I take off right away. I just sat there and we talked about it. Um, and I asked her like, what happened? Like, what, what, how did you end up 11 or nine sections away? And, she basically said, and again, she thought she was in trouble. And I had to keep telling her, she, you're not in trouble. It's my fault. Okay. I knew better. I know you're like a little, like little wannabe grown girl. You still, this, like, do you guys understand now? Like they, they, they're at the point, my son's seven, my daughter's five. They hate when we had to take them to the bathroom. They think they can do it all by themselves. So it's like, now do you guys realize why we go with you to the bathroom still? Like, do you guys understand? Like, do you guys now understand how easy it is for you to get lost? And so I asked her, how, like, how did you end up all the way down there? Well, I guess when she came walking out of the bathroom, there was a lady in front of her and the lady turned right. And so she went right behind her. So my vision was blocked by the lady, same as her. So she didn't see me. I didn't see her. And then she thought that I walked away. So she started walking that way. And the longer she walked, she thought that I was farther ahead. So she started running down the concourse, um, trying to run into me. 
and catch up to me, even though I never moved. So she, uh, what happened was she was running and then she was crying and then a security guard stopped her and asked her if she was lost. Now, again, mind you, my daughter's very shy. She won't even say hi to my grandmother, my great grandmother, who's, who's, you know, one of the nicest people on face of the earth. I'm not just saying that she really is. Um, no, uh, she, uh, she cries when she says hi to her. So she is not, not, she's friendly when you get to know her, but when you first meet her, she's going to be shy. So the security guard asked her, are you lost? Luckily she nodded her head. Yes. So the main thing that they did was stop her where she was at and just sat there and talked to her, trying to calm her down, trying to find out, wait, they were basically waiting for somebody to report her missing. And then I asked the security guard, how long did you have her for? He said, I literally stopped her and talked to her for about uh, trying to get to, trying to get her to talk to me for about 20 seconds until I got the call. So she, it, you know, she was literally probably down there for about a minute or two. Right. So, you know, it was one of the, one of those learning moments, not just for me as a parent, but them as kids, the farther you keep walking, the more lost you're going to get. You know, and I told, I kind of explained to them if something like that were to happen again, which I told them they're not, they're not going to the bathroom by themselves again until they're 18 years old, even in, my, even in the house. I said, if you need to go to the bathroom middle of the night, you better wake me up. I'll go with you. <laughs> I, 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 you know, let, let's just say, and I'm being serious. It's not a joke. It traumatized me so bad that I had a nightmare about it that night. That same night, I had a dream that I lost one of them again. And I woke up. I, I literally had a nightmare of it. It, it. it was truly traumatizing. That that seven or eight minutes. It, it was the, probably the scariest moment of my life. I, and, and I mean that. I, I've been in near death situations. I've been in you know really bad places. I shouldn't have been. I've never been that scared. I've never been that frightened. Um, my wife says probably because also I was probably scared of the back of my mind. My wife's gonna kill me. Um, but so we end up talking about it, kind of get the story of what happened. It all comes down to no matter what, again, 99 times out of 100, it would have been fine. But that one time is all it takes. Now, I gave this example to my wife. The concourse was kind of empty because there was a show afterwards. Can you imagine if this was after the ninth inning and there was no show afterwards and she followed the crowd out to the parking lot and she was lost in the parking lot here i am in, inside the stadium trying to find her i mean good thing is if you guys have ever seen oakland a's games no one ever goes to the games so this isn't a sold out crowd it's a very light crowd so it wasn't it could have been way worse you know that's one way to look at it one way to look at the whole situation is this could have been way worse than what it was um if this would have happened at a san francisco giants game um it would have been way worse and, you know, it, 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 the thoughts that start going through your mind, right? Like you start, like, I mean, I was sitting there. I was thinking someone took her. I thought that she got lost and she was hiding somewhere and she won't come out. How are we going to find her? How are we going to get, you know, it's like, it, 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 it was really, really scary. Um, but in my, so on Friday nights, my dad gets home late and he knew I was going to the A's game. So he actually calls me. I tell him the story. And then he tells me a story that I've never heard before that 
I kind of did the same thing at Great America. Uh, if you guys, uh, Paramount Great America in um, Mountain View, California. It's a uh, little amusement park. And uh, I guess there was a playground there, and they, you know, let me go up the slide by myself, and I'm supposed to come down and come right out the exit. They didn't know that there was two exits. So I went up there, went down the slide, and I went out the right exit and not the left exit. So, uh, but I was actually missing for about 20 minutes until they found me. And then I I had, you know, there's a story that is always told, uh huh. From my aunt. Uh, my, my aunt used to babysit us growing up. I can't remember how old I was. I think I was around the same age as my daughter. And actually, my aunt actually figured out where I was through this. I call, I decided to call her and apologize to her for, as a kid, I hid from her in a grocery store, in a Lucky's grocery store. But she never knew why I hid, and she found this out. So I call her, and I said... You know, I just need to apologize to you about the whole Lucky incident. And she's like, who'd you lose? Because she kind of already knew, like, what 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 happened. And I said, I lost Adeline. And she goes, oh, my gosh. She's, you know, is she all right? I was like, yeah. So I explained her the story. And she goes, you know, when uh, I lost you in the grocery store, I was looking down every aisle and this and that. And she goes, I don't even remember really how they found you. And I told her, I was like, well, what happened was, in that story, I never tell, told her this, um, there, as we were walking down the aisles, there was an open box of fruit roll-ups. <laughs> and when we got to the produce section, uh, you can get under the produce section. It, it's kind of hard to explain through a podcast, but basically I went under the shelf and I was eating one of the fruit roll-ups and I could actually see her frantically running around yelling my name and I'm trying to finish the fruit roll-up real fast. So I finish the fruit roll up. I leave the wrappers down there and then I pop my head out and the worker sees me and I'm like, hi. And then they're like, oh, we found him. And she never knew that that's why I was hiding. She thought I walked down the wrong aisle or something like that. And then she lost me. Now, granted, like she said, losing a kid for a like a couple minutes at a grocery store isn't as scary as losing them at a big, huge baseball stadium. But still. Um, it's also worse on her part. Like my dad said was because she had somebody else's child. I had my own child. So in her mind, she would have to go to my parents and say, Hey, I lost your kid. Um, me, I have to go to my wife and deal with the wrath of my wife. And before anybody asked, no, I did not call or text my wife until after we found her. Nope. Was not saying nothing. I was not dealing, putting her under that stress. Until we found her and, we, and she, we knew she was good. Now, um, again, it, it. I hope any of you guys that have children, uh, any of you guys that want to have children, never, ever have to deal with that. And again, I'm going to say, I, I got to say it again. I take 100% responsibility. I'm not going to say who, but some people that i told the story to um were like well you're you know she shouldn't have walked away blah 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 she's five years old man she'll be six soon but she's five years old she's not a very she's she doesn't have the great social skills and she's very shy around people around strangers and i i think just the moment she walked out of that bathroom and went the wrong way and she didn't see me she freaked out and i totally get it at the end of the day, um, now, 
again, I don't believe that if you're if you're a man and you have your daughter with you, you should be taking her to the men's bathroom. If you're a female and you have your son with you, you should, you should be taking him to the women's bathroom. It's whoever the adult is is the bathroom you go into. And it's just the fact that I knew she was telling the truth and she was really about to pee her pants and she wasn't going to make it into um, the men's bathroom if we waited in line. And I know she knows how to go in the bathroom, use the bathroom, you know, uh, do everything she has to do, wash her hands and come back out. It, I, I know that she is misindependent and she can do it. It's just the fact of I can't see you and I didn't like it. I should have went with my first instinct and basically, you know, what I should have done was, you know what? I may get some dirty looks, but she needs to use the bathroom. I should have just went in there and said, screw it. I'm the parent. I'm going in the bathroom with my daughter and just took her to a stall. I should not have let her go in there by herself. Um, you know, people can sit there and say whatever they want to try and make me feel better. Like, oh, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. No, it's my fault. I'm the parent. I made the decision to let her go. Um, even though like, I gauged everything in my mind where I know she can do it. I know the door is right there. There's only one door in one door out. They, there's no way that she can come out a different, uh, go through the, go back out through the entrance, get lost. There's one door. It just so happened that she walked out be behind somebody and that person blocked my view and her view. And she st started walking the wrong way. And then started running because she was scared. I don't blame her whatsoever. I had to, I mean, I had to tell her, I don't know how many times, it's not your fault. Um, but you're not, you're not going to the bathroom by yourself again until you're 18 years old. Until you're an adult. <laughs> but that is one of, again, one, again, I, I apologize for my grammar when I made a comment in my, in my Discord about, about, the worst thing a parent can experience. Yes, yeah, like, I see when I responded back, I said, okay, not that effing extreme. Jeez. I mean, if something like that would have happened, if, if it, like, if it was something that crazy, you guys would probably never hear from me again. That I mean, I would probably, you know, I, I'd probably just disappear. I'd be MIA. You guys wouldn't be able to reach me if something that tragic happened, right? But no, I mean, it was, again, seven or eight minutes from the moment she walked in the bathroom to the moment we got to her. So, it, again, when you hear that, you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Oh, no, it was that bad. Again, I was shaking. My heart, like, hurt. Like I mean, I can't really explain it. My chest hurt. My mouth was drying up. I could barely talk. Like, the cop was like, all right, sir, calm down. I'm like, how the f*** can I stay calm? Like, my daughter's missing, bro. Like, what do you mean calm down? My wife's going to kill me. Needless to say, my my daughter will not be going to any A's games anytime soon. Uh, not because of that whole situation. It's 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 because she didn't care for the game. She's not into baseball, so I'm gonna be taking my son again pretty soon. But like, give me give me some time to you know get back from that whole situation. Because again, I I mean. It's again, it's embarrassing. Um, even my wife said it makes a good, it makes a good podcast topic, especially for all you parents out there. To even though you, you like 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 you think and you you think you know your kid, and you think that they're good, something can happen, right? I I, I mean I'll say it again. I'm a, I'm a broken record. 
99 times out of 100, 99.9% .9 of the time, if that were to happen again, she would have went in, used the bathroom, came right back out, and saw me. We're all good. This, But all it, all it takes is one time. All it takes is one time and for this to happen. And thank God it, it wasn't worse. Thank God it wasn't longer. Thank God it wasn't, you know, wasn't all the bad thoughts you have going on in your mind while you're looking for her. That's that's all. I mean, that's really all I can really say about the whole thing. I'm just so thankful that it was as small as it seems. But you, I mean, again, I hope you guys never, never experience it. But you will never understand from me telling the story versus I think the only other person that can kind of attest was my buddy uh, who, again, I haven't seen this guy in like three or four years. We just kind of went different ways. I went I went family route, moved away. He was he moved away for a little bit. We haven't seen each other. We found out through Instagram that because I posted a picture of my kids at the baseball game. Um, he found out that I was at the game. He texted me. And said, hey, let's meet up real fast. And that's when I texted him back. Hey, I'm at the one section or section 120 bathrooms. And from the moment he walked up to me, he knew something was wrong. And he was sprinting with us again. He, he you could see the relief on his face when we found her. Um, that's probably the only other person who doesn't, you know, who, who wasn't directly emotionally involved, actually got emotionally involved just from being there and being like, holy crap. Because he was trying to calm my son down uh, when I came out of the bathroom. Uh, he, you know, my son was, my son was freaking out, man. He was, he was scared. He, he was very, he was worried about his sister. He felt like it was his fault. And I, you know, I had to have a talk with him, especially when we got home. Like it will, you know, it, none of it was your fault. Um, it's all your, it's all your dad's fault. Your dad's an idiot. Um, but yeah, I came out of the bathroom and seeing, seeing my buddy who I haven't seen in that long, um, you know, sitting there trying to, trying to, you know, calm him down and talk to him. It was. It was a big help. I will say having him there really helped out to kind of help with him uh, while, while I'm freaking out about my daughter. But yeah, traumatic experience. Very traumatic. Um, very scary. Very, very scary. Um, what made the night, the night worse was the A's lost too. You know, you had the A's lose, and then you lose your daughter. And then yeah, cool light show. And then they get to go home and basically relive it by telling your telling your your wife the entire story but the funniest part was when i got home i know you guys are gonna all gonna ask my, what my wife said so we drive all the way home i basically talked to my dad on the way home uh it's about an hour drive i get home well, i call my wife in the parking lot and i tell her what happened i tell her what happened and she, her exact response is should i kill you now or wait till you get home i was like wait till we get home because you might you know just she's in the car she's here we're good don't worry um, and then we get home and she's sitting there waiting for us and she's like, well, what happened? I was like, all right, you two kids go brush your teeth, go potty, go to bed. And I'm in here explaining the story to her. She's just looking at me with a little smirk on her face because she knows, because she knows everyone's fine. Right. And then all of a sudden from the kitchen, I can hear my daughter laughing. Like now she thinks it's funny, not really funny, but like more like a, a nervous laugh like again she thinks she's gonna be in trouble so i had to call the kids out there and basically have a quote-unquote family meeting with my wife and kind of go through the whole thing and explain to explain to them explain you know to my wife what happened and my wife my wife's the same way where she said yeah obviously it, you know technically it is your fault but at the same time she knows obviously she knows it's our daughter um she knows how she is she's a uh 
a five nager, five teenager, whatever. Um, she she thinks she's like 13, 14 years old, and she's only five years old, and she thinks she can do everything by herself. She doesn't need mommy or daddy's help. Um, she argues argues with us all the time about I can do it myself. I think I think now it's been a couple of days since it happened. I think now she realizes she's still a child. She still needs mommy and daddy. And it was kind of a wake up call. And I think my son, even though he is older, I would trust him a lot more. I still wouldn't let him go by himself. Uh, but I think he understands as well. Like that could have been way worse. So make sure you stay close to your mommy and daddy, especially when you're out. You know, so there's a horror story for all you parents out there. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I can say. I don't, I don't know what else I can say about the whole thing other than uh, I hope you guys never experience it. But that is my story on one of the worst things a parent can experience. Again, one of the worst things a parent can experience, losing your child, um, having to go to a police officer and report a missing child. Luckily, they found it right away. But, man. Even telling the story and reliving it, it's still, it's, it's scary to me. Because you guys know me. You guys know, you, you've probably listened to this podcast quite a bit. Uh, if you guys know me in real life, you guys know my 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 kids and my wife too, obviously. Um, my my kids are my life. I mean, uh, they they they're like they're like you know they're like they're all like my best friends. Like seriously, I have you know they give me reason to get up in the morning and you know the reason I work so hard and the, the reason I do the things that I do. Uh, so having the fear that you lost one, it, it, it was pretty traumatic for me. And like even my wife was saying when I was telling her how like freaked out I was, she was like even even saying like I'm one of the most calm people under intense situations. Uh, I just I because there's certain things like depending on what the situation is, there's certain things you can't control. And that in that situation, I was trying to figure out everything I could do to take control of the situation because it was out. I mean. It, it, it got to that point because it's my fault. I'm already mad at myself. I know it's my fault. Now I need to fix it. Now I'm scrambling. What can I do? How can I get How can I find her? How, uh, there's no way. She, she's five years old. She doesn't have a cell phone. I can't call her. Uh, she doesn't have a tracking device on her. Uh, what? Like, how am I going to find her? Right? And as soon as I saw the police officer, I'm like, boom. I, that's that's my key right there. Be, uh, be, because I have friends that have worked the when the, when the Raiders were in Oakland, I've had friends who are sheriffs who work the games and I know that they all have like instantaneous uh, connections to other police officers around the whole entire building and the parking lot. Um, she can't move faster than a radio. So in my, my mind, when I talked to that cop was lock this place down. That's that's I mean, I don't think they would go that far, but that's where I was at. He can do more than I can. I went in the bathroom. She wasn't where she's supposed to be. I don't see her. He's the guy that can help me. And found her within a minute later. Thank God. And thankful for that, for that officer too. That I mean the officer was actually really really great. Uh I gotta give props to him. Um how fast how fast he um how fast he immediately got the message out to all the other officers. Um how fast he radioed it out and then I took off running and then I saw I, I did see him again later. Um I did see him again later. I shook his hand and thanked him. And uh, sorry for kind of freaking out when you told me to calm down. And he goes, 
you know, there's nothing else I can say other than calm down, try to keep you calm, but I know you can't stay calm. So the cop was really cool. The cop was really cool. Every, everyone that helped out there was really cool. I mean, I think that um, out of all the stadiums I've been to, obviously I've been to the Oakland A's Coliseum more than any other stadium, uh, but I've always had great experiences with the staff that worked there. Um, I've never had to do anything like this, but they were all great. Abs absolute um, amazing staff that they have there that helped out and kept her calm and relayed the messages and uh, even calm, they kind of calmed us all down afterwards. Uh, they were absolutely amazing. So enough of the tragedy stories. Enough of that. Um, that's where we're going to end this podcast, guys. Uh, if you guys did not hear the last episode, uh, Twitter meltdown. We talked about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Uh, it's a really good listen. Make sure you guys go check it out. I got a lot of great reviews from you guys that I said in the beginning of the show. It is greatly appreciated. You guys can find out more information at Glock9show.com, our official website. It has all the information on there. It has all of our sponsors on there. has the stream on there. has all my social medias on there. You guys can find everything you need to know on Glock9show.com. That's G-L-O-C-K-N-9-N-E-S-H-O-W.com. Uh, if you guys want to send me an email, you guys can find me find it in the contact section on the website, or you can get at me on Twitter at Glock9Show, G-L-O-C-K-N-9-N-E-S-H-O-W. Make sure you tweet at me, DM me, Instagram, anywhere. You guys get a hold of me if you guys want to hear a topic for the show or if you want to be a guest on the show. You know, my, my, my book is open for guests, man. I'm trying to get as many guests as I can and people who are going to stick to a schedule, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, that's it for me today, guys. As always, thank you so much for the love. Uh, if, you, if you're not following this podcast, make sure you guys follow, subscribe on whatever platform you guys are listening to it on. We are on all major platforms from Apple to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many more, especially Podbean. Thank you so much, Podbean. We are featured on their website right now uh, you know, as one of the top podcasts. Thank you so much for all the love on Podbean. Um, uh, make sure you guys share this episode with a friend. That's the best way to help this podcast grow. Share with your friends. If you have friends that are parents and they need to understand the severity of this situation, make sure you share with them. Make sure you guys rate the show on Apple and Spotify. But as always, guys, stay safe. Stay blessed. Keep your eyes on your children. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.